RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. I'm going to read from an email. I won't tell you who it's addressed to. Maybe the guy who wrote it will be up for describing that. Maybe not. But anyway, I want to read from this email. Dear Daddy Daddy Da, I attended the AGS, that's Auckland Grammar School, ANZAC commemoration service last Tuesday for two reasons. Obviously, uh, this is last month. One was to honour my father, grandfather, and all the other AGS ANZACs who fought in two world wars for our freedom. The second was to approach a particular person directly to secure a personal meeting after being fobbed off for nearly a year and a half. Thanks for agreeing to this. Appreciate it. So that's the first paragraph of that email. And who wrote that email? Well, he joins me right now. It's Roy Chanteloup. And Roy, you're joining us from the South Island. Thank you for giving us some time here at Reality Check Radio. And welcome. Thank you, Paul. A pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Now, I hope you don't mind me reading the first part of that email. And obviously, we left out, you know, the individuals involved, but I thought that would be a good way to sort of frame what we're about to talk with you about. So you're a former Auckland Grabber School, obviously. Yeah. Yep. Some of the best years of my life. Five, five fabulous years at that great school. Yeah. As was your father and grandfather as well, obviously. So there's history and, there. And my, and my son, who was, he was oh. a fourth generation guy. He's now 32, but yeah, he went there also. Okay. And that school has a famous history, obviously, in New Zealand. It's a, one, probably one of the best recognised and most um, achieving schools at that level of New Zealand education in the country. So you've had, I'm presuming, a pretty good education there. Yep, yep. I caused a bit of trouble while I was there, Paul, but I ended up having a, a fabulous relationship with John Graham, the then headmaster, who was very tough but very fair. Um, we ended up being mates, um, but um, I've got a lot of gratitude for the school and the leadership, his leadership while I was there. Um, you know, in those good old days, we seriously got knocked into shape. Um, you know, if we weren't if we weren't towing the line, and the and the truth is, we knew we were guilty, and we got mm -hmm. disciplined, and um, on we went with our with our thing. So. Yep, it was it was a very good time, and the school, of course, uh, you know, it's it's scholastic, academic, and sporting achievements is yeah, just just something to be very proud of. Okay, so you go on to say that you listen carefully to your accolades. You're describing obviously what they said for the fallen and the brave young AGS men who returned. Okay, you listen carefully. What were you thinking? Well, at, at, at that point, and it, it was um, it was the hypocrisy that, that was really getting me. I thought it was fabulous that there was these accolades and recognition and acknowledgement and remembrance. But my real concern was having been on my high horse for a year and a half about the vaccinate campaign, a very, very aggressive billboard campaign, and I know what's been happening with the school. I thought, this, this is nutty. We're talking about these fabulous Auckland grammar guys who have gone overseas to fight for our freedom. And yet here we are in a, in a situation for the last three years where we've 
taken away those freedoms from the boys and we've we've been seriously bullying them into into um, ha- potentially harming themselves with a with an experimental concoction medical experiment just just nutty yeah so how hard have the pupils the students been leaned on now you've been and we'll talk about this you know well before april and anzac day have been on to this so you mentioned that campaign have pupils seriously been pressured and i guess also maybe their parents as well into taking this novel medication or novel dna well it's basically a yeah, dna yeah. serum isn't that, it yeah i don't i don't know all the details of it other than a number of parents who have expressed serious concern that their kids haven't been able to partake in school if they normal school activities if they didn't do it so there was massive coercion and ostracism of course if they didn't do it and they were the, they were the weird guys who weren't playing the game and letting the team down and all that sort of thing but in terms of what was it i, I can just tell you when i drove past that vaccinate vaccinate billboard there were two billboards up and then i wrote to the school on the 20th of january 2022 and i said what on earth is going on here not only are you you, you you're commanding the children to do it you're commanding anybody who drives past joe public and of course the um the parents you know by inference and i said in that original email when i was at school we were we were taught to do as we were told we had to obey the headmaster we had to obey the teachers and if we didn't we got into serious trouble so when you say were they coerced when you've got billboards up on public roads uh, that are Auckland Grammar School branded with capital letters, vaccinate, vaccinate, repeated. I mean, it, it doesn't get much more bullying than that, in my opinion. So here they are at the Zanzac commemoration, talking about all these wonderful people who lost their lives in terrible circumstances, uh, fighting, and it was in their minds. They were fighting for our freedom. You can argue the whys and wherefores of history, but that that was what was in their hearts and in their minds. And here they are. <laughs> here they are talking it up when really you're saying, and I think we're agreeing, they fundamentally are 180 degrees from that completely. Yep. And, and and that's my grizzle, Paul. And I've, you know, they, they've acknowledged that I'm coming from a place of, you know, genuine care and concern. And it's not it's not to try and cause a scrap or anything. It's to try and say, hey guys, this is a 180 degree turn from um, encouraging freedom, personal rights, and all the rest of it. And this business of hiding behind oh, we're following Ministry of Health guidelines, Ministry of Education guidelines. This is what we've been told to do. Um, Rightly or wrongly, I've argued with them that I think I was lucky enough with a headmaster like John Graham that he probably would have thought through it a bit more critically and, and taken it upon himself as a moral obligation to go, hang on, there is all this other narrative that is being strenuously shut down maybe i need to do some basic research and see it um we could debate you know would he have acted differently from the current headmaster and board um i don't know but but yes 
my grizzle is that the headmaster and board are not going, hang on, we need to look at this closer. They're, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty grumpy that um, I've been totally shut down. They're ignoring me. They're not interested in discussing it. They have acknowledged my two emails that have just been chocker with links to absolutely irrefutable evidence that, you know, I've said, by all means, come back and tell me one error within it or whatever. Um, but there's just this refusal to look at it. And at the same time, it is potentially harming the boys in their care, which is just not on. Yeah. Um, the email trail goes back quite a long way. And um, I've, you know, I've looked at as much of it as I can in the, in the time I've had to sort of prepare for this. It seems to start off reasonably gently. <laughs> and then, like you say, it ramps up and you're putting links in there and, so many links. Uh, you could never say that you weren't aware of of the other side. Let's say, if you had gone through those those links, some I recognised. So, how has the interaction gone from the time you first kind of contacted them up to the bit of the email I just read before? Uh, it's been very consistent, Paul. It's basically been very, very dismissive and I was going to say arrogantly dismissive and the boards acknowledged twice at two different board meetings they've acknowledged my emails and they say they've considered the information and on the latest one they're saying you, you haven't provided anything new which is nonsense I'm, I'm providing new information each time so what I'm really scratching the head about I'm going hang on these, these are intelligent guys you know, you've got a whole, I think there's about a dozen people on the board. You've got a chairman of the board who's a, you know, heavyweight barrister and you've got the the headmaster. Yet all these guys are saying, you've, you've added nothing new. We've considered the information and you're not in a position to opine, Roy. We listen to experts. And I've said, but hang on. Oh, here we go. The experts. Ex the, mm. e the experts you've been listening to are lying to you. And, and it's the truth. They, you know, I mean, that, that's irrefutable. We've been lied to by the government. We've been lied to by ministers of health, ministers of education. They're following guidelines. The New Zealand Medical Council, you know, we know they just shut down all the doctors with that, that mad voluntary acknowledgement thing which was basically don't say anything that is not pro the vaccine or pro getting and if you do you're going to be disciplined so it's this whole sort of psychosis of we're doing as we're told and we're not interested in your opinion and as i pointed out to them i'm just a layman i'm not a doctor i'm not a scientist but if i can do some basic research and i happen to have the time and energy and interest to, to dig quite deep into it. It's like, holy moly, that, 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 that a 12-year-old could work this out with the facts in front of them, but yet you've got a headmaster and a board just absolutely refusing to acknowledge or, worse, even get into a debate. And, that, and that's why I tried to get a personal one-on-one, -on -one, which may or may not happen. Good luck with that. <laughs> well, yeah. I would say that. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about cognitive dissonance because I think we've just heard the definition of it with the, you know, the Anzac on one side and not understanding what freedom is on the other at the same time as you're talking. So that's, I think, the definition of that. We can talk about that. 
Okay, this is the hard bit. It's all right talking about risks, but do we know beyond just sort of loose talk, you know, diffused anecdotal that kids have been severely injured and have died straight up? Do we know? 100%. 100% we do. And the, the, it, it's been reported on theirs, which is the American government website, and even on our own calm. Yeah, and I'm talking more about here, Roy. I'm talking more about here. Yeah, okay, so yeah. okay, so calm is New Zealand, C A R M, right? And and we've had over six hundred and fifty thousand reported adverse effects so far. The only deaths that have been officially recognized by the government is Rory Nan, uh, and I think there's one other. But when you've got the, I've got to be very careful where I go here. Yep, with this feel call, free to be careful. Uh, uh, out of utmost respect to families um, and friends, you know, my, my, my heart just goes out. But we know that Auckland school children have died under, and there's been a massive question, and with heart conditions, and we know myocarditis and is, is, is just a huge recorded side effect. I mean, it's all come out in those Pfizer documents that have been released. Uh, by court order in the Supreme Court of America. So to answer your question, do we know? Beyond any reasonable doubt, we do know. But the sad thing is there are two things going on here. One is from a from a government bureaucratic point of view, of course, they are strenuously denying it and they're putting stuff under the carpet and they are significantly reducing the factual and when i say reducing they're not reporting factually what's going on um and on the other hand you've got the families and friends and just this whole cognitive dissonance thing that you related that you referred to which is it's just so confronting of course it's just it's just mind-bogglingly confronting to think hang on have we been party to because we're doing what we were told to do, we're a part of the team of five million, we're going to protect granny, we're going to protect children, we're going to do the right thing, we're going to take an experimental gene therapy that to this day, we don't even know, nobody knows other than the top guys what 21% of the ingredients are, and it's just coming out how bad it is. Um, has, has, that, has that been the reason for the demise? And just coupled to that, Paul, one of the biggest issues, of course, is it's not being properly researched or investigated by the authorities. Of course, the first question should be, when there's a sudden death, a heart attack, particularly in teenagers and young people, and it's happening, as you know, it's happening all the time, and it's huge. The excess mortality in New Zealand and globally is on government websites. It's, it's not up for negotiation. And it, and it coincides with the rollout of the so-called vaccine, of course the first question should be, well, hang on, were they jabbed? How many times were they jabbed? And when did this incident, this serious injury or death happen relative to the number of jabs and the last jab they got? That, 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 that's not being investigated. I mean, it's just it's the crime of the century. Surely, Surely we have a right to know. Unless you've got something to hide, Roy, or you feel that you have. You just do not well, want to go there, which is the point you just made. Of course. 
Yeah, it's it's a psychological hell potentially for someone. I'd hate to be. It's horrible. Do we know if there have been any? And I don't want to dwell on it, but I think we need to know. And you may or may not know. Have there been deaths at your old school? I'm not that I'm aware of. Thank God. Have there I been? Mean, then um, that's a relief. Ha- have there been serious adverse reactions where kids have had myocarditis and things like that? Okay, survived, but you know, might not be in great condition for the rest of their lives. Do we know about that? I I honestly don't know the answer to that with regard to Auckland Grammar School, but I've read the New Zealand Herald and where there's been, you know, there has been reported sudden unexplained deaths of school-aged children. And there are other deaths in Auckland at secondary schools um, that have been kept out of the papers, and of course, it would be newsworthy when a school-aged child. Well, well suddenly... actually, Roy, you don't know if it would be because it seems that the media um, can't be trusted to report facts around this well, issue either. Well, of course they can't. I actually I got in touch with one of the directors of NZME, who was my old accountant, and I had a chat with her, and I said, "This is insane." The way you guys are pushing this whole propaganda, this whole absolutely contrived narrative around safe and effective and the advertising revenue you're getting from the biggest ad spend in the history of New Zealand advertising. And the response came back, Roy, our mantra is truth. And I started laughing and I said, so-and-so you're beginning to sound like Jacinda. That's just, I mean, it's just absolute nonsense. So on your comment about the media, um, and this was one of the horrifying things, talking to the chairman of the board of the school, you know, I, I know him personally and we go back a long way and we were having a chat on the phone and he said, but Roy, you're, you're such a minority, you know, no, nobody's really in your camp. Everybody else knows what's going on. And, you know, you know, you get your information from these, you know, this YouTube and, all this internet nonsense and stuff. And I said, hang on, where do you get your information from? And he said, I watch CNN and BBC, and that's where I get my information. And, of course, I said, oh, my God. You know, as as you and I know, Paul, those the audience of those, both those um, organisations is free-falling, and people are cottoning on to the fact that that they're paid they're a paid part of this terrible agenda, and they're, and they're they're just echoing or parroting the government narrative. And as we know, with the fifty-five million dollars in New Zealand and the whole the whole thing there, the New Zealand Herald and TV One News, they're just TV Three. They're just shockers. Yeah, I, I was surprised that um, that worked so well because, in the scheme of things, wasn't a huge amount of money, and I know that it helps in cash flow over maybe a year or two, but it was always going to run out. What do you do then? Very short-term thinking. Yeah, but it, it, it's definitely achieved the objective, hasn't yeah. it, Paul? I mean, it's, it, seriously, it has. And, you know, some of some of my people, you know, the friends um, who have got the same point of view as you and me, they say, why on earth do you watch TV One News or read The Herald? And I say, I do, A, because my wife wants to look at the news on TV, even though I'm often loud with expletives, but I want to see the nonsense that my friends 
are seeing and hearing. And as we know, Paul, it's it's very powerful. You know, we, we know that the Official Information Act has released papers which confirm that this is a serious psyop. You know, the the, the agenda for military the, what, grade, what military grade. It is, it is military grade. Um, psychological warfare, and they've been extraordinarily successful. You know, hats off to them on, on on that count because they have got, you know, so many of my beautiful friends and family going, Roy, you're a nutter, you know, just, just get jabbed. It's good for you and all the rest of it. And they've been brainwashed. And and now there's the, the cognitive dissonance or the, 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 the failure to go, hang on, it's it's too confronting, of course, to think yeah, that you've been totally you're right. duped. You're right, and 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 very importantly, you were doing the right thing. You genuinely believe you were doing the right thing, and those bastards who aren't doing it, they're they're just vermin. They're you know, and you know. No, I, I take your it. point. I take your point on that, but also I've got another way of thinking about that, though I don't know which one's correct, okay? So I'm not trying to say my sort of view I'm just about to tell you is any more insightful than anyone else's. But here's the thing. I think that people know in their hearts when something's not right. Now, they can choose to listen to that or not, and I think in this case many people haven't listened to it. But they they know in their hearts what's right. That sets up a certain kind of anger which has to be projected and go somewhere. And it can go to the people that you know <laughs> you can't be right now. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah, yeah. It's kind of, kind of a projection. Point. It's a projection. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that's the be all and end all of it, but, you know, brainwash is one thing. But look what they've been brainwashed with. It's the cheesiest stuff around. It's cheesy as hell. Yet they lap it up. I don't understand that bit of it either. But I just wonder if it's, convincing yourself you're doing the right thing and then being so virtuous that anyone who's doing the opposite can be abused in any sort of heartless way. That's one thing. But I I think that people in their hearts kind of know what's right and wrong, but they can override it and that causes stress and tension and that can then be projected as anger. That's all I was thinking. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. And it's, you know, and, and it does fall for a lot of people. It's in the too hard basket. This is too confronting it's too challenging. And, you know, and let's face it, Paul, to actually look at the reality of this global operation to vaccinate everybody around the world. And, you know, let, let's be really clear on it. The, the vaccine wasn't needed for the pan, so-called pandemic. The pandemic was needed for the global vaccine campaign. It, it's that simple. And, and in terms of how people react to other people, well, we know that Jacinda very, very intentionally created a divide and conquer to Ted's society. And, you know, that, 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 you know, quite infamous clip where she gloats and she says, yep, it is what it is. Um, that, that was massive fuel on the fire. I don't of, think we'll ever yep, forget that. <laughs> a lot of stuff we can't forget. No, but that was a, that was a, a real standout shocker. Yet, you noticed, well, um, it was so smug that, that 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 to me that was the horrifying thing. It wasn't said matter of factly; it was said smugly, with a with a with a grin. It's like, come on, that's not that's not very good human behaviour. After promoting kindness and empathy, and the other thing I noticed about that while we we're on it, because you brought it up, is that there was no questioning from the journalist. Um, any well, journalist no, who, who heard that come out of the mouth of a prime minister would have said, "Hang on here, what did you just say?" 
sorry, did you just say that? Why did you say yeah. that? But it was like, oh, well, okay, moving on. Kittens and puppies, you know. Well, that guy up at the, up at the Treaty of Wa- the uh, Waitangi commemoration thing, and he started yelling out some real journalistic questions, and she just shut him down, and she said, all accredited media, we're going to adjourn inside. And she took it away from being in the public domain to a controlled environment with the accredited media. Yeah, What's which is another division. Media? Yeah, another 100%. Di- I mean, of course it is. And and if you dare refute the, the official story, um, well, you, you just, you're not going to get any airplay and yeah. you're not going to have a job. And there's one of your colleagues, God bless him, who lives around the corner in Wanaka. And my understanding is he, he spoke out about it and that was the end of it. Yeah, well, it did come to a bit of a crashing end at that point. There's just no tolerance, no tolerance. Yeah. They must, they've heard from you a bit now, your old school. Um, <laughs> yes. So how do you think they're feeling? Can you see any discernible pressure that they are feeling from your efforts? Are they starting um, to creak and groan? Put it that way. I, I, I'm not, they're, they're not indicating that at all, but I suspect, of course, because they're mature commercial adults of, let's say, average intelligence, with a, that I I just can't believe they cannot be going. Hang on, hang on. Maybe we've got this wrong. Maybe there's something there, or at least, yep. Let's enter into some dialogue because here's the thing: if Roy's asking, and 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 I'm I'm not trying to be aggressive or go on a witch hunt. I, you know, because they just won't tell me who is responsible for the billboard campaign. That's fine. But what I'm af- after is some reassurance and an acknowledgement that the so-called vaccines are not safe and effective, that to bully and coerce and encourage perfectly healthy boys in their care to take this, that there should be, I, I'm looking for reassurance of, hey, Maybe we got it wrong last time, and we're going to be a lot more careful next time. And here is the school's policy on it. But they will not. The, the only thing I get back, uh, which I've got from the headmaster's PA, is, oh, but there is the pandemic's over. There is no pandemic. There are no pressure. There's no pressure to take vaccines now, so there's no problem. And I'm going, no, no, it's not about where we're at now because th- this is going to rear its ugly head again. And the school must have learnt and formulated a policy on this. But there's there's just no acknowledgement. The damage is done, though. Yeah, and there could be, and my my issue is there could be more damage done. So, yep, retrospectively, um, we can can seek some sort of justice and and people to be held to account. Um, But I think more importantly, where I'm coming from, Paul, is cease and desist. And, and, and have the guts to put it in writing into school policy that you're never going to repeat that kind of stuff again. And, and fingers crossed that there are no Auckland Grammar School serious injuries or deaths, which there may have already been, I don't know. Um, I haven't heard of them, so I'm figuring not. I'm talking to Roy Chantelou, who is an um, old boy from Auckland Grammar School. Now, in one of those emails, you attached an image of your father and grandfather. 
And I think you describe it, it was a short time after your father had returned from the Second World War, and you say your grandfather had been in the First World War. There they are, strapping-looking men, absolutely. And did you talk much with them over the years? I'm assuming that, you know, there was some time there to talk about their experiences in fighting for freedom? No. I, my grandfather died way before I was born. Right. Um, and I spoke briefly with Dad about it, but I'll never forget one time Dad said, I'm the baby of five, and he said to the whole family, and he was referring to me and my brother, uh, with three sisters, he said, if I could have a guarantee that Mark and Roy would come back from the war alive, I think war is an amazing, it, it was an amazing experience for him in terms of the camaraderie and just the, the relationships formed and all the rest of it. So, of course, he wasn't promoting or glorifying war in any way, shape or form. It was, what was that about at a personal level? And I suspect Paul, of course, it would have been that that common that common unification of going to do the right thing for the country. And you know, it, on a way way smaller level, I found myself down at Wellington during the protests, and I just couldn't believe it. I've said to anybody who'll listen, it's one of the most extraordinary experiences I've ever had. That just you could cut the air with a knife. The peace, the love, the unity, the, all the rest of it. Those people were all there for a very, very good reason and, and strongly speaking out for this injustice and all the rest of it. Um, and again, you know, back on the media thing, of course, it got portrayed as a river of filth and it was aggressive, which of course was absolute nonsense. The riot police were sent in to, to cause destruction. But yeah, back back on, did I talk to dad about it at length? No, no, not at all. And here's a crazy irony. Can you believe it? I actually stumbled across that photo in my garage three days before the Anzac service. And wow. it just, it, it, yeah, it was just, and I thought, oh my God, this is, this is mental. This is, um, I meant to do something with this, but maybe well, not. Well, now we're, we're, we're talking about it now in front of the world. So there you go. There's something. Um, hard to know how many are listening, but but there you go. Now, what would they make then? This is where I was leading to. What would they make of this current situation? I've often wondered what earlier generations would make of what they, if they were around, what they would be looking at or observing I, now. Great question. And I think about it all the time. And, and particularly with regard to my behavior with Auckland Grammar School, and I'm thinking, what would my father think? What would my grandfather think? What would John Graham, who I had huge respect for, would he be going, oh, you bloody troublemaker, pull your head in, you, you know, you've always been a trouble, here you go again, or would they be going, thank God that you're actually standing up and, and, and trying to get some sanity to prevail in the, in the interest of the health of these kids and what have you. So I, I what, what do I think? I, I often think, what would my father be thinking? What would his view be on it? What would my brother, God bless his soul, he died five five years ago, what would he be thinking? I don't know. It, 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 it's yeah, a big question. What would our ancestors, what would their view be? I, I, I think, and the reason I'm on your radio show now and the reason um, I, I um, encourage Liz Gunn, God bless her, Dio 
old girl of the century to to, to put that substick ladder up, is I think they would expect and want us to be standing up for our rights, for our freedom, for our health. And, you know, the real scary thing, of course, is, Paul, that um, the enemy's now within. And in the old days, the enemy... Yeah, that is scary, Roy. That is scary. there There was an enemy who was off in a foreign land and... You know, we won't even go into the propaganda around sending kids off to World War One and World War Two, but now it is within, and it's our—it's not our governments globally, particularly in the Western countries, looking after the interest of its citizens that it's supposed to serve. It's the opposite. It's a government against the citizens. It's—I mean, it's just extraordinary. But it's been coordinated, as you know, at a totally global level, and. You know, without going there, when you look at the World Health Organization, Gavi, World Economic Forum, all those bad actors that are so influential, you know, Gates and Schwab, and it's just, and of course, they've got their their young leaders, graduates from the uh-huh. World Economic yeah. Forum, like Macron and Trudeau and Ardern, and it's like, oh my God, this is... <laughs> This has been so long in the making to to execute this agenda, and it is an agenda. How far are you going to go pushing, you know, in, in your own way here, that what we've been talking about with Auckland Grammar School and this um, situation? But it goes wider than that probably because as we start to try and rip the lid off this thing, it's going to involve so many people, so many, you know, schools, so many institutions, everything. How far do you go and when do you stop? Do you ever well, expect to get a result? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we stop when it stops. And it only stops when enough of us say no. It's that, it's that simple, Paul, as you know. But in the meantime, yeah, these are very dark times and we're in for the fight of our lives. You know, And, and as we know, the real biggie is the freedom of speech. And if we come right back to me in Auckland Grammar School, I'm not being, that I, I don't have any freedom of speech. I'm not being heard. I'm being fobbed off. Just go away. You're, you're, you're a pain in the ass. And we don't want to discuss this matter with you because we are obediently and, um, you know, doing as we're told by the government, by the departments. And, um, you know, you, you, you've sidestepped the right, uh, channels and we're not going to engage with you, which is, God, if writing to the board is, is is not enough. So how long do you keep doing it? Like your good self, Paul, and and people like Liz and Sue Gray and Rodney and, and you know, this particularly guy, Hatchet, we've, we've just got to keep going until this nonsense stops. And and I believe it will stop one day. I'm the, the eternal optimist, but it's... We're in, we're in for the fight of our lives at the moment because we've got so many friends and family who, um, you know, listening to Tucker Carlson last night, as, as he said, people in Australia and New Zealand, they've been, their spirit, has, quote, their spirit has been broken. And to a large degree, the spirit has been broken of a lot of people I know and love. And it's just like, hey, that was in the past. It's all over now. Get over yourself. Let's just get on with living and not actually realizing that the freedoms are still being stripped away on a massive level. And, you know, you know the plans with the World Health Organization on the 25th of May for the 
what, what do they call it? The pandemic. Yeah, the international treaty. health regulations in the pandemic treaty. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and what's what's happening with our own um, uh, pharmaceutical bill? You know, I mean, it's just mental. And also, we're we're slowly going broke. <laughs> That's the other thing. Uh, slowly. <laughs> well, I'm being yeah. kind. I hope your optimism is correct. I don't know whether to be optimistic or pessimistic or somewhere in the middle. I find it very difficult to make up my mind about that. Um, hard to know, mate. Hard to know. Um, I, I, I figure I've got no choice, Paul. You know, I, when I say I've got no choice, um, I believe in humanity I, without getting deep and meaningful. I believe in love and peace and I hate war. The kids took me off Facebook years ago because I was bitching and moaning about the bad behaviour of the five eyes that was happening over in Iraq and Libya and all the rest of it. Um, and I, I happen to believe we're going to come through this. But as I say, you know, we're in very dark times and we need to be fighting and standing up for, for the right thing. But I, I think it's going to take a paradigm shift. You know, the, the current situation we've got, if you look at America with Republicans and Democrats, you look at New Zealand with National and Labour and all the rest of it, all, all this, the whole government setup is uh, it's not fit for purpose. Yeah, well, that's what I've been thinking and asking people about. So that's interesting you say that. And it's election year. It's election year. Do you think this could be the most important? Uh, it's probably a good place to, to finish up. Do you think this could be the most important election, well, ever? Um. Yeah, my, of course, but imagine if somebody who could get some traction stood up and said enough is enough, there's going to be no more government control of the media, of the medical fraternity, we're going to, we're going to strip out all the corruption, all the rest of it, and we are going to put first and foremost New Zealanders' best interests and their personal sovereignty and rights and freedom. And that is going to be the sole focus. Forget their, you know, I mean, of course, we need to fix our economy, which is going to take forever and all the other issues. But, yep, the biggest issue. And so that raised the question, who do, who do you vote for? I was going to and, say, who? Um, who? Yeah. Who's there? Well, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm personally a massive fan of Sue Gray's. You know, um, you know we've had interactions on different stuff. And I know how intelligent she is, how caring, how brave, how courageous, how incredibly hardworking she is, We're, you know, for all the right reasons, really pragmatic, all that stuff. Um, you know, we know Liz is doing her stuff with Free New Zealand, and there are all these little parties. And as you're probably aware, Paul, you know, there is an attempt at the moment to try and uh, unify or bring under one umbrella these these little parties so that, you know, under our MMP, there is a chance that there's a voice in in Parliament. But um, don't start me on National and Luxon. That's just, you know. That, I won't. I won't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, who do you vote for? It's 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 really scary. Yeah. And, and it um, is an important election. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're talking about the small parties. There's fragmentation out there. It's notoriously um, fertile ground for ego, all those yep. things. Yeah, Part of the paradigm shift you're talking about is for people to get over themselves on that. They have to suspend all of that and work together like no one's ever worked together like before. 
that would be amazing. If, if that could happen, of course, Paul. Do you think that, it could? That would be, um, I think it could, yep, yep. <laughs> you can hear I'm saying that in a very guarded, sober yeah. way, but yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> but, but, but we have to try, you know, yeah. and we, we have to hold out hope. Roy Chanteloup, Auckland Grammar School old boy, has been at them, as we've been hearing for quite some time now over the whole um, vax thing and the coercion projected to the um, pupils of that school and other schools to get the jab or miss out. Uh, it's been interesting talking with you, Roy. Thanks for sharing your story. And I think we've got to do, Same. we've got to have conversations like this out in the open, right out in the open. And, and it has to sound like normal, rational conversations. And of course this did, it always does with the caliber of folk we have on, but that's what we have to do. We have to start talking. And that's why I asked you tough questions about deaths. We got to know, even if it's hard, we got to know, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, and we have to know why. Um, thanks for having me, Paul, and um, thanks very much for your amazing radio channel and outlet. It's just spectacular. All you guys doing a great job, and of course, the girls from Voices for Freedom are just um, hats off. You guys are on the right side of this thing, and I just take my hat off to your courage and tenacity just amazing well thank you roy and even if we can move the needle you know one notch it's something yeah yeah baby steps unfortunately all right thanks so much for um and um we'll follow it and uh, any updates let us know and we'll pass it on the listeners all the best thanks paul rcr with paul brennan reality check radio